And a very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live, the October 16th edition. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Welcome. And we're happy to have you here on this dreary, rainy. It's still raining. I haven't been outside. It is. It still is. Still raining out. Pretty raw out there. But, you know, we've had so many beautiful days of dry weather and sunshine. A couple and a, of past beautiful days. Glorious You days know, just there. perfect temperatures. It was almost nice to have a little rain. We probably needed it. Yeah, we got enough of it. Yeah. <laughs> so. so hopefully you're staying dry inside with a nice hot cup of tea. Or any kind of toddy, I suppose, would work. At this, it's happy hour somewhere <laughs> happy in the hour. world. A little uh, brand, you know, it's getting to be brandy weather. Oh, it really? just goes right to your toes. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> uh, well, it is October 16th, and this is the 42nd anniversary of the election of Karavotiwa to the papacy, John Paul II. And in honor of that, later this hour, we're going to be joined by Patrick uh, Novikoski, who has written a book called 100 Ways John Paul II Changed the World. So Patrick will be joining us shortly. Uh, we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune later this hour. Jim's here with the weather. And then next hour, we're going to have our gospel from uh, for the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And our reflection this week is by our good friend, Father John Butler. And uh, then also later next hour, our friend Deacon Anthony Seo with his Senior Spirituality segment. So we hope you will stay with us. Just cozy up and uh, have your tea or whatever <laughs> might be refreshing to you today uh, and enjoy the program. We pray lots of music, lots of talk. So uh, we'll uh, do that. We're going to pray first, and we want to thank everybody um, who joined us I guess by YouTube yesterday for mm-hmm. the funeral mass for our good friend Maria, who passed away last Thursday. Right. Uh, it was a beautiful liturgy. We've received many, many um, uh, correspondences from that they were watching. People so who were watching on the uh, and the, praying the, from wherever they were. Absolutely beautiful. You know, the shrine is Chinstahova. beautiful just to start with. If mm-hmm. you've not been to the shrine of Chinstahova in Doylestown, you know when we first moved here. Um, it was years before we went up there, and it's only 45 minutes to an hour from, from where we mm-hmm. are in Bucks County. So um, it's definitely it's a gorgeous drive, especially now with the leaves changing. But the shrine itself is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then you add all the priests that were serving, and uh, Father Simi, actually from New Zealand, mm-hmm. and he's just a uh, full of uh, the Holy Spirit and very dramatic in his homiletics and, and prayers. And it was timeless. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's no clocks in church. And, of course, we know that's because it's God's. Unlike here, we have two I know, there's <laughs> the biggest clocks in the world. <laughs> I want to make but, sure in our old age we can still see what time it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at one and you're looking at one that way. So, But it was it may have been a couple hours. I never looked at my watch. But, again, it's it's God's time and it's timeless beauty from the music to the reverence all the altar servers and the incense it's it taps into mm-hmm. the liturgy are all our sights and sounds and smells and mm-hmm. all the people that were there and i think the prayerfulness made it just such a holy holy mass right so beautiful i think we can i I'll, I'll put it on our um a link to it on our website it is available on youtube okay through the uh, national shrine of our lady of shinstahova uh, the mass, so we'll uh, put that on there. But again, thanks, and I know Brian and Susan Middleton and Maria's parents and all of their family thank uh, the Domestic Church Media family for all the prayers over these past 21 months, and especially over the past week 
uh, in their uh, sorrow at uh, the passing of Maria, but also in their rejoicing, because we know, as this is the beauty of our faith, we know mm-hmm. that as Catholics, this right. is only a temporary separation, and that Maria now awaits the rest of us uh, mm-hmm. on this journey. So um, And is no longer suffering, mm-hmm. and she has all... all and, and I believe a very powerful intercessor. So, And I've said it earlier this week, last week, when we heard of her passing, that especially those of you parents or grandparents who may have uh, young people, uh, young adults, teenagers, who are in need of prayer for any reason, but especially those who maybe are straying from the faith, Pray to Maria, uh, Maria Middleton, uh, to intercede, because I believe that would give her, an, uh, over and above the great joy she's already experiencing, uh, doing that fine work, that great work from uh, heaven, interceding for you, for you young people. realize, so yesterday was October 15th, mm-hmm. it was the Feast of St. Teresa, Teresa of Avila, uh-huh. Virgin and Doctor of the Church, mm-hmm. I mean... I just think we have to keep that on the back of our mind, too. There's yeah. there's some relationship there. I'm not exactly sure what, but I feel like there will be. Well, let's pray, and uh, we're going to, again, include all of your intentions. We're praying uh, to, for our country, this beautiful prayer that was first prayed in 1959 at the uh, dedication and the consecration of the uh, National Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., including all of your intentions, my friends. We begin in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our Mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, that we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. Amen. And our prayers, my friends, to uh, St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer. Uh, Holy Father Pope Francis asked us to pray this, these prayers to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And we also pray with the intention of protecting our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend, defend us, us in, in battle. battle. Be, Be our, our protection, protection against, against the wickedness and snares of the devil. devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, 
O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. And uh, again, friends, we thank you for being here on this uh, October 16th, 2020. And uh, this coming uh, Monday is already the third Monday in October, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. means our friend Bruce Tobacco will be back to throw open the prayer tent and invite you to call in and pray uh, with him uh, with any special intentions uh, that you may have, urgent prayer needs. Uh, so keep that in mind, live 3 o'clock on Monday. And you can also send your prayer requests to us uh, via email, pray at domesticchurchmedia.org, and we'll have them here for Bruce uh, on uh, on Monday as well. Jim will be here with the weather later this hour to tell us about what kind of uh, weekend, weekend it's or... going to be. Mm-hmm. Of course, today has been, I don't think we've had this much rain in a single day in a while, though. No, it's been a little while. Summertime, maybe. Yeah. But I think the weekend holds some sunshine. Well, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Well, we had, again, yesterday was a gorgeous day. We were saying on the way up to the shrine, what a beautiful day. Yeah, they were blessed. Uh, They had because Mm -hmm. they they processed from the shrine building, because there's also a cemetery there where uh, Maria is interred, and uh, they walked from a procession from the uh, shrine, basilica, the shrine uh, church to the the grave site. So, uh, and even just. You know, it's such a gigantic campus. It's been a little while since I've been there. I've forgotten how big it was. Yeah, big the church. Different buildings, and the choir was rehearsing in the complete other building, the visitor center, and um, a lot of walking to be had, you know, mm-hmm. from the parking lot to one place to maybe downstairs to the upper church, and then the line to um, greet the family and pay your respects was just down the one center aisle, but then outside and people were waiting outside. So again, just to have that beautiful breeze and um, a glorious day for them, it was such a blessing. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, All right, well, we're going to take a little break here. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Patrick Novikoski, who has written a book called 100 Ways John Paul II Changed the World. So stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Friday Live. Let's go. 
Well, welcome back, friends. Always wonderful to have you here on these Friday afternoons. And I can't believe it was 42 years ago today, October 16th, 1978, that the world was introduced uh, to a brand new Holy Father, Cardinal Karol Wojtyla from Poland, uh, was introduced to us as Pope John Paul II. Uh, and I cannot believe it's been that long. But uh, Patrick Nowakowski is one of America's most accomplished Catholic communicators, the winner of more than two dozen awards from the Catholic Press Association. He's edited and written for some of America's top Catholic publications. He's managing partner at Nova Media, a marketing firm specializing in the Catholic space. He met uh, Pope St. John Paul II five times, and he's made Pope Francis laugh. I want to hear about that and laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, Most importantly, he's a husband, father of five beautiful children, and he has written a book uh, called 100 Ways John Paul II Changed the World. I'm going to imagine this is the first in uh, a vol- voluminous <laughs> number of books that could be written. But let's talk about this one. Uh, Patrick, welcome to the program. To be with you. Uh, great to have you here. And uh, so you had the great honor of meeting Pope St. John Paul II. Yeah, it, it's like a dream come true. I mean, it, my first audience with him was in 1997, and that continued all the way through to 2002, uh, four, three years before his death. And uh, each and every time was just, uh, I, I felt like the Catholic Forrest Gump. I get to meet the Pope again. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just the greatest figure of all time in my book. And And talking about your book, it seems yeah. like there's got to be more than a hundred ways that he has changed the world. You had to take the top 100 of maybe out of a thousand. It was tough to whittle it down. I'm thinking. I yeah. bet. So what was the inspiration behind it, other than having met him? And, of course, he's uh, obviously a great saint. And was, uh, for 26 years, his papacy led not only the church, but really he was the leader of the, the world in many ways spiritually, as a Holy Father should be, but he in a special way. Uh, but what, what uh, brought this about, Patrick, the impetus behind writing the book? Yeah, I started giving a talk on how I met him, and and that evolved into um, uh, something a little bigger because I I found very quickly that I couldn't just talk about the story of how 
I met the Pope and what that was like. It had to have some more meat around it. So I started talking to my friends who, who were John Paul II scholars and, and Catholic authors and uh, people that are a lot smarter than me, uh, <laughs> people like George Weigel, and, and, and kind of bounced off them my ideas for what his really his top 10 uh, best, best things he did or accomplished were. And, and so I incorporated them. So I would tell my story of how I met the Pope, and then I would launch into this David Letterman-style top 10 <laughs> list. Of, of JP2's impact on the planet, and uh, and that's how it started. And then and then about a year ago, I recognized that he, it was coming up on his 100th birthday in May of 2020. So I thought, what a better time to write a book. I had a list of like five different books that I wanted to write, and I hadn't written a book before, but I had some time. So I, I, because his 100th birthday was coming up, I, I had to do this book. And I'm so glad that I did because it, but there's so many graces attached to writing it that I can't even tell you. Now, in the book itself, you start, uh, and I don't know if these, they are, I know they're listed 100 down to the number one. Uh, it must have even been hard to have done it that way. Uh, yeah, no question. So I had that top 10. And then as I started writing and researching, I, I built that up to about 65 before I actually launched into the actual writing part of it. And as I did, that list more than doubled. That was over 150 ways, and I had to start eliminating some and kind of grouping them so that there was an even flow. So what I did in the book is the top 90 are not necessarily in order of importance or anything. I kept the top, top 10 that, that I started with, and I set those aside. Th th those are important, but the, the, the first 90 are kind of in kind of a theme. So I'd go with, um, you know, saints that he met or influenced, or saints he canonized, and then his political and diplomatic influences, theological mm -hmm. and ph philosophical influences, and, and kind of group them that way so that as you're reading it, you're, 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 it's, there's a progression there, but it also kind of flows in a way that, that just makes sense. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that by the time you're done reading the book, you will have felt like you've uh, read a full biography. I mean, you're touching on so many yeah. aspects of his life. So what I wanted to do is put together a biography that's in bite-sized chunks that, that uh, most of these 100 ways are a page, page and a half. The top 10 are two pages each. So it's an easy read, but it's really concise, really in-depth. And, and you read this book and you feel like you know this man mm, and you know right. what he did. and You've stepped back into history. And I've also tied it into to what's going on in the world today because his teaching, his influence has so many ramifications for our culture, for our, for our politics, for, for science and medicine and, uh, you know, the whole gamut. Mm. Amazing. He was so brilliant. Was there anything, um, if you could reflect on all these uh, different ways that he has affected the world that surprised you, that you unearthed, and oh. maybe a little-known fact that would might even surprise some of our listeners who are well-read on John Paul II. Yeah, yeah, a couple of things. His influence on China was spectacular. His, his, his diplomatic and, and spiritual outreach to, to Russia was incredible. Uh, and those things impressed me. But what surprised me that I didn't know is that uh, and, and here's a nugget from the book. He and Fulton Sheen had a mystical, and Padre Pio, both of them, amazing stories behind John Paul's relationship with both of those holy men. But uh, when John Paul II was learning English, and he knew, he was fluent in about a dozen, 15 
uh, languages where he could have a conversation. He could speak and communicate in, in a couple dozen more. Um, but when he was learning English and he wanted to, to get this language right and he struggled with it, um, he studied Fulton Sheen. He, he watched Sheen. He listened to Sheen and how he how he enunciated, where he put the emphasis, how he paused his dr- dramatic deliveries. And and if you listen to particularly the early uh, English language delivery of, of Carol Poitiwa or John Paul II, you can kind of see that they mirror each other in how they spoke. Interestingly, John Paul's first visit to the United States in 1979 as Pope, he met Fulton Sheen, one and only meeting. And, and Fulton Sheen was, um, was, was a retired bishop. He was in New York City. They met in St. Patrick's Cathedral, and John Paul embraced Sheen. He gave him this big hug, and he said, You have spoken well of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are a faithful son of the church. And Sheen just lost it. He was sobbing. Mm. And, and Sheen wrote him a letter afterwards and, and expressed his gratitude, his admiration. John Paul wrote a letter back. And, and within the course of a few months, that was in the fall of 79, December of 79, Fulton Sheen died. Yeah. yeah. And I remember so what a capstone to a remarkable life that Fulton Sheen had. Absolutely. I remember reading that even, even that particular situation that you're referencing, Patrick, Sheen was just kind of in the back. He, he wasn't even like among yeah. the... And the Holy Father called him out. Where is Bishop Sheen? And he yeah. called him out. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't want to kind of overshadow the Pope's visit mm-hmm. or cast a, you know his own shadow because he was he's an eminent figure he was probably the most um influential american catholic in the world even at that time mm-hmm. so he didn't want to kind of step into the limelight and and yeah john paul called him out because there was this 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 great admiration that, that the Holy Father had for Sheen, and, and that carried through his entire papacy. Amen. I wonder if he thought, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> We're talking with Patrick Novikoski. The book is called 100 Ways John Paul II Changed the World. It's published by our Sunday visitor. That's osv.com. That's their their website. You can find out about the book there as well as many other places. Uh, Patrick, you know, John Paul II, I, now I remember the day he was elected. I'm, I'm, you know, we're talking 42 years ago. I was teaching high school, actually, when that happened. Uh, but I remember, who is, this, who is this pope from Poland? Because he was the first non-Italian for, what, 400-some years, right? Over 400 years, absolutely. And, you know, the, the cardinals of the Catholic Church did something really extraordinary. I mean, they, they had just a few months earlier in September had, had picked an Italian as John Paul I, and 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 he he passed very quickly uh, from the stage. I think just over thirty days as pope, and so I think they were ready to do something extraordinary and different. They picked a, a cardinal from behind the iron curtain, and that decision, which I fully believe was was shaped by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, led to a cascade of events that from 1979 to 1989 um, helped bring down the Iron Curtain without a shot being fired. Who would have ever thought people like our age who grew up with the fear of of nuclear weapons falling from the sky uh, during the Cold War, that that all of a sudden it would be over, like somebody letting the air out of a balloon. That's right. Right. Well, and, it, and and John Paul II had a, a massive influence on that happening. Well, that's it. And you know, he he really was an everyman because he was a poet, he was an actor, he was a writer, 
Uh, he lived a very normal young adult life, really, until he yeah. entered the priesthood. And then it grew in, of course, in his spirituality and, and being elevated then eventually to, to the Holy Father. He really did, again, not just have influence on the Catholic Church, but as you say, on the entire world. And I remember my spiritual director one time told me that someone like John Paul comes around once every thousand years. I mean, this is how Absolutely. special he is, and and it still is, as, as, a, as a saint of the Church. Um, again, yeah. friends, the book is called 100 Ways John Paul II Changed the World, published by our Sunday Visitor Press. And as you were writing this, Patrick, you know, Cheryl asked you anything that surprised you. I, I guess in your own your own relationship with St. Pope John Paul II, did it enhance that relationship? Did you feel even closer to him as you were going through these? Oh, yeah, no question. No question. Um, you know, the, the, having the opportunity to—the the first audience I had with him, I literally stood beside him for 60 seconds and, and presented him with my work. I was the webmaster of Marian.org for the Marian Fathers— Married to the Immaculate Conception. So I'm presenting him with my work, and and I, w- I was nervous until he entered the room. He entered the room, and, and it was like all that anxiety was gone. It was like standing next to my father, speaking mm-hmm. to him. And he was, uh, I believe, one of the most consequential figures of the 20th century and one of the greatest popes in the history of the Catholic Church. And and he listened to me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm just a farm kid from Saskatchewan, Canada. That's where I grew up. Okay. And and it was a, a great honor, and and I felt so humbled by that. And and so yeah, he had a massive impact on me from that moment on. And I had followed him my whole life. As a matter of fact, interestingly, during his first visit to Canada in 1984, I was a 16-year-old kid, uh, and. I, while he was relatively like 500 miles from me, I had a dream that he came to visit my house and that I, I embraced him. I gave him that Fulton Sheen hug. <laughs> and and honestly, to this day, I know how that felt. Uh, it, it was that real. And I carried that with me my whole adult life. Wow. Yeah. I th- you know, it's interesting you say that because I— I, you know, as, I think he was very mystical, obviously, when he was walking the earth. I think there'll be many, many things uh, ahead of us that we'll find out about him. But I, I, too, remember having a dream. It's funny you say that about him coming to my home, and he was he was walking in the rain, and I called out, Holy Father, and he called, looked, turned around and smiled, this beautiful smile, and just I felt so comfortable and so reassured in, in things I was going through at the time. Uh, I bet we're not the only ones who've had experiences like that, to tell you the truth. Wow, <laughs> you, you know, about one set of every 10 times I give my talk, someone will stand up in the Q&A and say, I had a dream just like that. Yeah. Wow. So we're not alone. No. We're not alone. No. Okay, so, next book. I, located, I, I really mm-hmm. believe that in the, the spiritual realm, John Paul II has touched more souls. Uh, well, certainly, uh, he has more people have seen John Paul II in person than any person who ever lived. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bet. Well, you know, I, it's Remarkable. funny. I was reading on on Facebook one of my Facebook friends. Actually, he's a student that I taught many years ago, who said I'm not Catholic, which disappointed me because I taught him in Catholic school. But he, said, he said I'm not Catholic, <laughs> and I didn't. I never really looked into. John Paul II, but when I'm reading some of his things, I'm just totally amazed at, at how powerful a writer he was and what he had to say. So even to this day, he's having an effect on on so many people, I believe. You know, 26 years pontificate with so many beautiful writings, and, and the influence is still there, still a powerful, powerful uh, figure in our world. No question. No question. And, and I, I say at the end of my book that I believe we'll be studying 
and learning John Paul II until the end of time. I believe. I believe you're right. Well, Patrick, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, friends, Patrick Novikoski has been our guest. The book is called 100 Ways John Paul II Changed the World. It's published by our Sunday visitor, and that's osv.com is their website. Uh, And on this day, as I said, 42 years ago today, the world was introduced to uh, John Paul II, and he told the world to be not afraid, and uh, what a great influence he's had. And the book really brings all this uh, to light, uh, Patrick. Thank you so much for writing it, and we appreciate your being with us here today. It's been a great pleasure. God bless you. Thank Please you. Please stay in touch, okay? We're waiting for the other 100 books I you're going to write with. Yeah. <laughs> Go down from a thousand more ways you can come up with, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, one, you know, one, you one quick thing. How did you make Pope Francis laugh out loud? Oh, yeah. Wow, that's a, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Um, I, I happened to be in Rome for um, the— uh, well, with, with a group. It was a group with the, the Papal Foundation. They mm-hmm. invited me. They, they had an annual uh, meeting with the Holy Father, whether it was Benedict, John Paul II, Pope Francis. Um, so I, they invited me to join their entourage. And uh, I could hear as people were greeting him. There were about 100 people in the group, and, and they let me—I uh, was about halfway through, and people were praising him. And, and, and I, I, I kind of get Francis a little bit. Uh, he doesn't like that. So I thought, well, what could I say to him that's unique? I was also running the Rome Marathon. This was on a Friday. And so when it came my turn, I held his hand. I said, Holy Father, on Sunday, I'm running the Rome Marathon. And I waited a second because his English isn't so good. And when I could tell by looking in his eyes that he understood me, I said, Please pray for me. <laughs> and he he laughed he laughed out loud. He said, uh, "I do, I do." And you know what? I re- I ran my fastest marathon of my life. There you so go. You he, had, he, had, he did intercede for me. You had those I papal bet. wings beneath your feet. That's great. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Thanks so much. Have a beautiful weekend. Thanks for joining us today. A great pleasure, God. God okay. bless Bye. you. Thank you. Bye now. And friends, you stay where you are because there's more to come on Friday night. We're going to play Name That Catholic Tune. Jim is here with the uh, weather and more. So stay right where you are. I'll be right back. And if we could put that out.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. And calling in from the Ark, James Jimmy Boy Hoffman. Hello, hello. <laughs> how, are things, how are you? How are things on the Ark? Very good. Yeah, it's been raining out there, huh? Well, that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> Although we were saying we haven't haven't we had we were blessed with beautiful days this week, but today was a nice little change. It Get was. the slickers out, put on your rain hat, that little uh, Morton Salt Girl outfit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your galoshes, your yes, galoshes, need those, need galoshes. those galoshes. Sure, sure. <laughs> How you been? Been okay. Yeah, yeah I've been uh, you know in my office on the second floor of my house, looking out at the dreary skies. Mm-hmm. And it just it started this morning around maybe close to eight o'clock, yeah. mm. and it really hasn't let up since then. And there's still still a bit to go. We're not out of the woods yet. Uh oh. Now is this a remnant from one of the uh, hurricanes from down south? No, this is just a regular good old rain. Um, yeah, we've got a cold a cold front coming through, and a lot of moisture around. So. Um, yeah, it's just um, it's a regular rainstorm. Mm-hmm. But tomorrow's gonna be nicer. You know, it's gonna the uh, cold front's gonna clear out all this moisture, and tomorrow should be a nice day. Beautiful. All right. So tell us what we that's have. My, and that's my weather. That's okay. okay thanks, thank thanks, you. Jim. Bye, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I was saying when it rains like this, usually I go home on Route One because I live. We live over in Pennsylvania, so I take the Route One. I cross the river there. But when there's rain like this, I take the the freeway home, ninety five, because Route One puddles. Oh. Yeah, it puddles in some of those areas when it rains this heavy, and it's like, man, all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Cheryl turned her car. Good. Cheryl turned her car into a boat a few months ago. I did. Yes, I remember that. You remember I that? I remember that. I know. So when we get the deluge of water from the sky, I said, I better head home before it floods on <laughs> Route 31 in Flemington. Uh, my inf- my infamous floating in front of the CVS. Yeah, but we, we, we can vouch for the fact that, uh, what is it, a Hyundai uh, Elantra floats. floats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not much water, by the way, either. No, that's right. <laughs> oh, dear. How much more do we have coming our way? Well, uh, right now we've got um, rain pretty much throughout the area. It looks like it's light. It's coming, looks like a conveyor belt of just moisture coming from the south. So it's going from south to north, but the whole area is sliding off to the east as well. So that's going to continue doing that. We can have rain heavy at times into tonight. The low is going to be about 41 degrees. So it's it's been cooling off. It's wow. in the 50s. It's in the low 50s around the area right now, and it's going to cool off even more with the winds coming out of the northwest eventually later, today, later this afternoon and into tonight. Uh, so that's all going to clear out probably early morning, and then Saturday's going to end up being a nice day, sunny, high near 60s, so cool, crisp, you know, one of those nice fall days, so oh, leaves blowing around, northwest wind, about 5 to 10 miles per hour, so it's going to be a nice day. Beautiful. Uh, Saturday night, mostly clear, low around 40. Sunday, another beautiful day, sunny, high near 65. Sunday night, partly cloudy, low 45, and then Monday, first day of the work week, I mean, a nice day, partly sunny, high near 70. Hey. And then just looking into next week, looks like the highs are going to be around 70 and the lows are going to be in the 50s. So not too bad next week. I don't see 
I don't see a chance of rain, uh, at least at this point in time. I don't see any rain for next week, but you know, we're getting it all now. Yes. That's all right, then. That's fine. In get one it over day, with. Get it over with. You know, I remember yeah. when I was growing up, maybe you're too young, uh, Jim, but when I was growing up, I remember, like, my parents going out and burning the leaves. Did your parents burn the leaves? Yeah, they would rake them into oh, a huge pile. I remember pile. that. Yeah. I think it's illegal now. Oh, I'm sure. They used to burn the leaves. Remember that? It was a great, great thing growing up. We're going to burn the leaves. Oh, boy. Get the leaves, get big piles of leaves, and throw a match in it and watch them. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I remember that burning the leaves, and yeah, we we did that. Did uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It and was you a... know what else was fun? <laughs> you remember the um, especially down the shore in areas where mosquitoes congregated. They used to have those fog machines. With the... oh. <laughs> yes, remember that? Yep. I used to ride my bike behind them. Yeah, I oh, know you did? That. <laughs> <laughs> which could account for a few things. <laughs> yeah, Take yeah. Your pick. Well, you know, I, I really don't get a lot of mosquito bites in my old age. So. <laughs> there you go. It's there still go. seeping out of your pores. There you go. Those are the good yeah, old. Those right. are the good old days. That's right. Breathing in all that yeah, chemicals. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. All yeah, right. All right, Jim. Well, listen. Thank you so much. Enjoy the weekend. Sounds like a beautiful weekend coming up. So enjoy it with your family and uh, tell Jackie we said hello and we'll talk to you, talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you then. All right. Thank, thank you. So God much. bless you. Thank you. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. It's time to name that Catholic tune. All right, time to name that Catholic tune. Yes, this is a uh, wonderful game show we like to play here on Friday Live. And you can name that Catholic tune uh, by listening carefully. And uh, Cheryl's going to give some clues. And she's uh, going to tell you a little bit of facts about today's uh, Catholic tune. And then she's going to play a little little snippet of it. Uh, we have the... Uh, the nine-foot grand or the baby? Uh, oh, big, we're going to uh, use the organ today. Oh, the mighty Wurlitzer. Oh, yes. This is a mighty hymn. We need the mighty organ. All right, then. So uh, we'll do that. And uh, let's listen. Now, when you wait until Cheryl plays the little bit, uh, little sample, but when she does, you can call 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. But don't call until Cheryl plays a little sample of the hymn on the mighty Wurlitzer. Okay. This hymn, um, and of course we're saying name that Catholic tune, this does come to us by way of another denomination, um, as a lot of the early hymns were written in Germany and you know that, that part of Europe. So this is actually the melody... Uh, was first a Swedish folk song. So the melody comes from Sweden, and it was written, the original language was Russian, but uh, it was eventually translated to English. But to me, it doesn't really sound like a folk song. It just sounds like a good, solid, strong hymn. Interesting, though, that it, it was first a Swedish folk song. It's based on a couple of psalms, and then most of it really based on an inspirational poem. Someone was inspired and, and walking outside, much like Beethoven did, you know, hearing the birds, and then there was a storm, and then he would hear the thunder. Beethoven heard? Well, 
Early on. In early his on. early, early on. part of his years, yeah. <laughs> but then it was just simply influenced by the sight of God's beautiful creation. So mm-hmm. a lot of that is uh, a part of this hymn as well. It became very well known in the 50s when Billy Graham was doing one of his world tours, and he took this hymn with him. It was sung at every one of his appearances. So we have everything from birds singing to rolling thunder to all of the Lord's creation packed into this beautiful uh, four verses in this hymn with a refrain. And um, it speaks of praising our powerful God. 609-493-8255 is the number to call, but don't call till Cheryl plays a little bit on the mighty Wurlitzer. And then uh, when you think you know what it is, you can give us a call here at 609-493-8255. We're going to play Name That Catholic Tune, and we'll get a sample of it on the... Uh, Sorry, pull we the, mic the microphone. Over. There you you go. should be able to hear this. So this sure is you will. Okay, here we go. Um... Ooh, 609-493-8255. Oh, we have a contestant already. Wow, that was quick. All right. So, uh, hi, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, Jim. It's Gwen D4. I'm calling from Pennington. How are you? Fine, Gwen. How are you doing? Okay. God bless you both. Thank you very much. God bless you. And uh, you're calling in about today's tune. What do you think today's Catholic tune is? I think it's How Great Thou Art. Very good, Gwen from Pennington. Beautiful. (laughs) How Great Thou Art, Gwen. Yes. Yes. Very good. Obviously, it was a a giveaway for you somehow. I guess you knew right away. Oh, right away, Jim. I love (laughs) my One of my favorites. (laughs) It's very, very popular. Everybody loves this. And it's requested left and right, you know, and sometimes I'll just see people in the in the parish and I say, you know, we miss singing a lot of hymns right now. I said, but I'm happy to play anything for you. And this is at like the top 10. It's oh, just Oh, definitely, Cheryl. We're blessed. Yeah. We're blessed to have you your, your talented fingers on that organ. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sweetheart. Everything good in your neighborhood, quiet. We're we're hanging in there. The five yeah. children are are hanging in. We're we're praying, praying, praying. Unceasingly. All, right. <laughs> all right. Well, Very that's good. what we all need to be doing. So absolutely. Well, how great thou art is today's uh, Catholic hymn, and uh, we want to thank Gwen for playing from Pennington. Gwen, don't hang up. Though, hang on for a second. All right, and Cheryl's going to be on the phone with you. So stay where you are. Okay, we'll do. All right, and uh, friends, you stay where you are. There's more to come on Friday Live. Don't go away. sings my soul 
When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall How Great Thou Art Indeed. Oh, boy. Majestic, is Today's it not? Catholic Hymn. And that was, uh, what's the name of that group? It was a family, right? It was a family of mother, uh, one son, and three daughters. There were yeah, five they, of them There was together. a name of their group. Interior oh, Castle. Oh, Interior Castle. Right? They right. were from Pittsburgh. Oh. But you can hear in this, it's, it's highly produced, you know, the synthesizers and 
it's not real, like the live orchestra mm. and a lot of um, dubbing of, you know, they sound like a choir, so they probably sang and then re-recorded and sang harmony or however you do that, you know, patch Dubbed. It. They overdubbed. Uh, you, dubbed. Know, you know. So anyway, we were having one of our uh, retreats or parish missions, maybe, maybe Father Karapi, I'm not really sure, but I invited them to come and do the music, and they said, oh, we, we never could, not with all of our equipment. So it's definitely studio produced. Uh-huh. Like, they just can't come and sing. It's They need all the yeah. machinery. Anyway, where was I going with that? Congratulations, Gwen, Gwen. on winning our Catholic From tune Pennington. of yes. the day. Yes. How great that, that I think my parents had that at each one of their funerals. They had, yes. That was the closing hymn. And you know, of course, that was the closing yesterday, hymn yesterday, yeah, too. Yesterday, yeah. But to be able to praise God in, in all of Brian and Susan's and the family's suffering, that they would still you know, proclaim how, how great thou art. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the gift of beautiful Maria and celebrating her life as she touched so many people. Mm-hmm. But you said that hymn, was Billy Graham brought it to the fore? Didn't it? Well, he's the one that made it famous, if you will, uh, around the world because he would go around and do his tour and maybe— you know, the theme song, or maybe they closed with that, or maybe they played it when he came out on stage. But He had rallies. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was, uh, you know, a, a hymn that was known in a small portion of the world, but then he brought it around and made it famous to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And then, Elvis, of course, Elvis, Elvis sang it. How great thou art. He probably made it famous in the United States. Yeah. But that would have been, right? Was Elvis around the 60s or sure, 70s? Sure, 60s. So, Not much of the, well, I guess most of the 70s. Yeah, but, yeah. and then it was only, you know, translated to English in 1957. It, it's from 1885. It doesn't sound like a bar song. What did you say it was? A, it's uh, a Swedish folk song. folk song. But who knows? You know, the melody could be... Getting silly. I know. It's, it's Friday, and it's uh, getting closer to happy hour. <laughs> oh, my. But Jim said it's going to go down to, what, 40s? 41. So do 41. we get to put the heat on in the house? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask Jim if he has his I read somewhere, yet. and I like to do this, you open the windows, and the colder your, your environment is, the better you sleep. Yeah, it's true. I like to be under loads of blankets and have it chilly. I don't, yeah, I don't like to like, feel the heat outside hmm. the blankets. Like, it's got to be cold around. That's why, that's why you have a blanket on in the first place. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a break. Uh, For those of you watching on YouTube, Facebook, our website, uh, don't go away. We're going to cut off video there for about four minutes. Come back on top of the hour. Stay with us, friends. Another big hour of Friday Live with uh, our gospel reading and reflection today by Father John Butler. And also our friend Deacon Anthony Seal will be here uh, as well to share his senior spirituality. So stay right where you are. More to come on Friday Live.
want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com St. John Paul II stated that, for the disciple of Christ, evangelization is a duty, an obligation of love. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church states that evangelization is necessary for salvation. So we know we're called, but how do we do it? St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. To learn more, contact us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. I turned from a recreational drug user to a drug addict. That took me to my knees. I lost a family, almost two families. I lost friends. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. I love it. My heart's there. I took communion after 18 years, and I, the rest of the Mass I sat and cried. God restored my life. God restored my family. God restored my love. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. This universe of ours is a free universe. It is a universe of character-making, of soul-making. Almighty God is placed into our hands. Think of it, the power to make ourselves saints or devils. It is up to us. There are some laws that we cannot disobey. For example, the law of gravitation and certain biological laws like circulation of blood. But in a moral universe, we are free either to obey the laws of God or to disobey them. Just as we are perfectly free, for example, to obey the laws of health. Or to disobey them. The people you know and trust. 
are on EWTN. Hello? Hi, Mother. What's your name? My name's Becky. I'm from Wisconsin. I was away from the church for over 20 years, ah. and through the grace of God, have come back now. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome home. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? Florida. Good. And what's your question? Well, I have this wonderful gift that God gave me, and that's my sister. Mornings with Mother Angelica. There's none better. Weekdays at 10, right here where you are family. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton. WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold. WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back, friends. Another hour of Friday Live on this October 16th, 2020, the 42nd anniversary of the election of St. Pope John Paul II as our Holy Father. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. And we're happy you're here. Coming up, uh, we're going to have our gospel reading for this coming Sunday, the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. God, what are they, like 34 We're Sundays? running out now of Sunday <laughs> pretty right? soon. Advent. Yeah. Well, um, November 22nd, so what, three or four more weeks... Um, November 22nd is Christ the King Sunday, so that's the end of the liturgical year. Also, the feast day of St. Cecilia, but Sunday obviously overcomes that. On the 22nd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so just whatever few, maybe 32 Sundays in ordinary time, you know? Mm. Where has this year gone? And good riddance to it, by the way. <laughs> That's right. Let it go. Let it go. Good riddance to it. But, you know, you're thinking, oh, I can't believe it's been 42 years. Be- and probably because you've been alive all that time and you remember. And more. <laughs> <laughs> I've been alive all the time. And more. I mean, if you recall when he came out <clears throat> on the balcony. On I, the I remember. Yeah. I remember. There was a, I, there was a priest. Uh, I was up at St. Peter's in New Brunswick. This was 1979? Eight. Eight. Okay. And uh, the priest was very happy it was a non-Italian pope. <laughs> Is that right? I don't know why. Was he Polish? No, he was, he was not Italian. I'll oh. put it that oh, way. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, well. He was very happy it was a non-Italian pope. But that. Anyway, it was good. And he was, think about it, when John Paul was elected, he was only 58 years old. Young. He was a young man. And he, was, he would hike and he would ski. And, yeah. Uh, I want so badly to go to Poland and see where he grew up and his, um, you know, where he was baptized and went to school and walked those mountains. And I just really, mm. really want to go. So I love going to St. Peter's and just sitting at St. Peter's in Rome mm. and sitting in, in front of his tomb there. Because as soon as you walk in the basilica, to the right is the Pieta in glass, you know, enclosed mm. in glass. Mm-hmm. And then the next little. Chapel, side chapel or side altar is John Paul too. Yeah. In fact, you know, so the Pieta is in glass, and you might remember this, um, because in 1985, used to be just there the Pieta, right. oh, and it someone wasn't came always. in with a hammer. Yeah. And it was just before we, we went on our honeymoon, just before we got we get, just before we got married, we went to our honey, on our honeymoon to Rome, mm. and that had just happened. 
Right. And they enclosed the Vietnam glass. It's been there ever since. Must have been. I wonder if it was the same guy that hit the um, Liberty Bell with a hammer. Yeah, probably. They tried to crack that, too. Oh, actually, they were successful in cracking that. They cracked Liberty Bell. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll prepare the gospel for this Sunday. And then our reflection today is by our good friend, Father John Butler. And this is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that, he said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. In our Gospel passage today, we find yet another, in fact, the second of five, another of the confrontations, the debates, the Q&As, those phrases sound familiar compared to our modern times during these latter days of our 2020 election year season. We find yet another of the confrontations, the debates between Jesus and the religious leaders of the Jewish community in Jerusalem. Today's question presented messenger to Jesus by the disciples of the Pharisees and phrased in very legalistic terms is this, tell us, Jesus, tell us, teacher, is it lawful for us Jews to pay the census tax to Caesar, or is it not? In Jesus' well-known response, after he had interjected, why are you trying to trick me, you hypocrite? Jesus then replied, render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and render to God what belongs to God. The quoted gospel passage that we will hear on Sunday does not include the next sentence with which Matthew concluded his, this confrontation, but it's worth noting. Matthew wrote, When they, meaning the disciples of the Pharisees, who thought they had outwitted Jesus, when they heard this, meaning the response of Jesus, they were amazed, and meeting him, they went away. It's helpful to recall the scriptural and the historical context as we go more deeply into this give to Caesar moment. We are now in chapter 22 of the Gospel according to Matthew, as we arrive at this, the 29th Sunday of the 34 Sundays in Ordinary Time. Our calendar year is winding down. Back in January, January of this year, long before the COVID-19 lockdown of the year 2020, long before we lost baseball's original opening day and masses in our churches, the Kentucky Derby, movies and popcorn, shaking hands, indoor dining, and other staples of life, Back in January, on the third Sunday in Ordinary Time, we picked up the story then of Jesus with the fourth chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Jesus, we learned back then, had moved from Nazareth to Capernaum, fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he called the first of his apostles, Simon, Andrew, James, John. He then went around all of Galilee, Matthew wrote, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom curing every disease and illness among the people. And since that time, January to October for us, 
chapter 4 through chapter 22 and three years for Matthew and Jesus, he and we have traveled a very long way. Quite a bit of water has gone under the bridge. We have experienced the pandemic and lockdowns and quarantines, online learning, presidential primaries, virtual conventions, as well as virtual live stream masses. Jesus has called the other eight apostles, undertaken his ministry and his mission in the north of Israel, in the Galilee region, encountering acceptance and faith on some days, encountering rejection and disbelief on others. He has moved on. And now in chapters 21 and 22 of Matthew, he is arriving now in the south of Israel, ministering in the Judea region, his entry into Jerusalem, riding on the ass that they brought him to ride upon, his passion, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, soon to follow within a matter of just a few days. And as he enters this, the city of his destiny, Jerusalem, the holy city, symbolic of the city of God, and as he proceeds to the temple area, the town's fathers are there anticipating him. The chief priests and the elders approached him as he was teaching, lying in wait for their prey. And the five confrontations of these chapters, as mentioned at the beginning, then commence. First, the question, by what authority do these things, these miracles, these signs, these teachings, and who gave you this authority? Second, today's passage, is it lawful for us to pay the tax, to be followed by the Sadducees questioning the resurrection of the body? Then, the great commandments describe the lawyer asking Jesus, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Also intended to test Jesus, and to trick and to entrap him, the gospel passage that we will hear next Sunday, as this well-planned and highly structured drama of salvation history continues to unfold. Finally, in this sequence of five, the question posed by Jesus back to and at the Pharisees about the Messiah and his Davidic ancestry. All of this brings us full circle today, back to the Roman census tax, back to that Roman coin that Jesus had requested, back to the foiled trap of the Pharisees' disciples and the Herodians, back to one of the most well-reasoned, most thoughtful, and most appropriate, one of the most on-target and most enduring answers in all of Scripture and history, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. And when we think about it, this Q&A, this question and answer session between Jesus and the Jewish authorities, as we meditate and reflect upon it, there just might be some resemblance, without getting too deeply into politics at this moment, but there may be some resemblance to this week's United States Senate confirmation hearings with Judge Barrett. We ask ourselves, is the purpose, the design, the intent of those meetings in Washington, D.C., compared to and contrasted with these Jesus-Pharisees dialogues, is that purpose, design, intent to discredit, to entrap, to test, or to bring out the truth and to eliminate the truth, topics to be saved and addressed on another day? In any event, and as we conclude, quoting from a recent homily preached by Father Thomas Lane, that Roman coin that Jesus held in his hand that day had on it an image of Caesar, the emperor who held power over Israel in those days. And so Jesus said simply, give to Caesar what belongs to him. We also have an image on us, the image of God. The book of Genesis tells us God created man in his image, in the divine image he created him. And so... If that coin belongs to Caesar and is to be given to him because it has his image on it, then we too belong to God and are to give of ourselves to God because we have God's image on us. God gave everything to us in the first place, 
given to God is not a chore, but is pure joy, an act of love and appropriate worship, because we are giving back to God who first loved us and who has blessed us with all that is creation. Life goes much better with God than without God, and much better with God first than with God second, third, fourth, or even lower on our list of priorities. May we never forget nor lose sight of the truth that God made us for himself, and giving to God, giving God is due, putting God first, is the only way to true happiness. May God bless you and your families and all your loved ones. Amen.
Talking about John Paul II, he was certainly responsible for all the World Youth Days, and that was a World Youth Day theme song. It was one of one it of the was first ones. One of the early ones. Because I remember Christ. in there was a um, a wonderful uh, TV movie that was produced about John Paul II. I have the DVD. It was two parts actually, mm-hmm. with his young life and then his his papacy. And, uh, I'm picturing the actor, and I can't name him. John Voight yes. played him in his later years. Mm-hmm. And a, another actor, I don't know his name, played him in his earlier years, who looked, again, like a young John Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that, that particular hymn was a recurrent background theme in the music yeah, of the score. It was one of the earlier. But it began when he started his first World Youth Day. Right. It was in Poland. It really wasn't a World Youth Day. It was a, he, just, you know, he just brought young people together. Right. But he... Uh, that that hymn was there, but John Voigt did a wonderful job. John Voigt's a, a very good Catholic man. Yes, uh, Bishop knew him from because he went to he went to Catholic University, mm-hmm. and Bishop O'Connell says he knows him. Mm-hmm. Um, he did an excellent job in that film. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I was just thinking as that song was playing, I was thinking I, I haven't watched that film in a while, and I have it at home on a DVD. We could, we could we could watch part one tonight and part two on October twenty second. Oh, it's a long wait. Yeah. <laughs> I also I got because I got that and I got another before we we went to the canonization we went to John Paul II and John the Twenty Third were both canonized on the same day by Francis, right. Pope mm-hmm. Francis and I remember getting the video of this with John Voigt and then I got the one on on John the Twenty Third mm-hmm. you know who played John the Twenty Third Ed Asner Lou Grant okay, I was gonna say <laughs> from um, from Mary Tyler Moore that's show. right that's right. Who did a wonderful job. He I enjoyed his looked like I him. enjoyed his yeah. performance as John yes. John the 23rd. Yeah. Uh, I love films like that. I mean they're, they're just they're dramatic films, but they're based on true history and you learn something but you also enjoy the the whole film aspect. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy those films. I I enjoy the biographies. I enjoy reading and watching, I mean pure biographies, mm-hmm. you know that are Of course these are, you know, dramatic Performances, which, but right. it's still good. I can remember your mother loved the biographies too. For Christmas, we'd always get her a book yeah. on somebody, yeah. Bob Hope or yeah. Doris Day or whoever it was. I enjoy watching them because you like to see where there were turning points in their lives. If they had made, the individual had made a certain decision one way or another, how their life may have changed. Can you imagine if um, Carl Votia pursued the, his acting career. And he had a girlfriend. And Right. And he was writing poetry. There's a scene in that film where, I guess, his... And they never really showed any any true romance between them. But you knew there was an affection you know, mm-hmm. between them, uh, the, the, John Paul and this young woman. And there was a scene where she... I guess he had... Because when he was studying for the priesthood, he had to study secretly because the communists were uh, the... Um, uh, the Nazis were, you know, there. Suppressing, yeah. And um, so he had to study underground. And I guess when she went to see him, she had thought that he had gone to the university and he was facing away from her or something else. And he turned around and he had the collar on. It was yes, like, oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> the look on her face, her oh. jaw dropped. <laughs> oh, my. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and he, and in fact, one of the plays that he wrote called The Jeweler's Shop was produced as a, a film. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, there's a lot of a lot of John Paul in every area of life. He loved to sing. We had a a um, a CD, or at the time it was a cassette tape, I think, of John Paul singing 
the Our Father, and you know, the, and they put like an orchestra behind him. Yes, the Pater Noster, and, and uh, he had a lovely little voice that he yes. would sing. Enjoyed singing. Yeah. But yeah, we tried. You know, we tried to have that pilgrimage to to Poland a few years ago. It didn't work. No. Didn't get enough catches. Come. I think it was too many days. It wasn't mm. one week. It was like 11. Yeah, it went from know, Poland so to Rome. Kind of would um, bleed over into both weekends. Right. Because, and it wasn't just Poland. It was to end up in Rome because right. that's where he ended up. It right. was really to the footsteps of John Paul. Right. But I, I feel like we could do it whenever things sort of lift and get Well, to we were that. talking to a lovely priest yesterday at the, the Shrine of Częstochowa, which, yes. of course, the Pauline fathers, the Polish mm-hmm. Fathers, and uh, he was saying how he uh, he would like to do that. So I right. said, "Well, we'll have to get you as <laughs> one yeah, of, he could be our director, one of our uh, yeah. one of our priests to come and we go to Poland." So, I would like to do that. I, I I've always loved John Paul. I've always had a great great attachment to him. Because there was one time I, I remember going to the Polish shrine in Częstochowa to confession, and it you know, was pretty easy, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, this one. Because they they have uh, maybe they still do they did when I would because I, I used to work down the street from the shrine you know mm-hmm. and I would go there to, they had a twelve ten mass and they had confessions from eleven thirty to noon so I would enjoy that because anytime you need a confession which I had needed a lot I would go and I remember going into the confessional and although you couldn't see the priest you could see I could almost see a silhouette and the voice and this was when John Paul was still Holy Father. I swear it was him. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I swear it was oh, that him. that beautiful accent. There was and... something about in the confession that was a deep, and, and I could, I'm could. i looking, I'm thinking, oh, my, this is very, very strange. And he was, I, I swear it was John Paul. I swear. <laughs> to this day, I swear it was John Paul <laughs> sitting in that confessional. there so many priests there. Mm-hmm. Well, but he, you know, he, I, th- I, I think, as I said earlier to uh, to Patrick when we were talking with him, I, I think they were going to find out, as he said also, we'll be learning more and more about him for the next mm-hmm. how many thousands of years, but. Uh, we're going to find out. I, I, I think he was very mystical. I think he, I did think he bilocated. I think in he the would, likes he, of Padre Pio. Mm, mm-hmm. I think he did. I think he had those gifts. Now, would if he he have met Padre Pio? Would there? I think there was a correspondence. I don't know okay. if they actually met. I think there was a correspondence between them because Padre Pio died in '68. Yes. Of course, John Paul was Bishop of, of Warsaw, or, or so, I, yeah. or close to it, if not yet a cardinal. Yeah, um, and maybe at that time wasn't able to travel to Italy. Yeah, but I think there was a correspondence between them. I didn't. I it didn't. It might be in the book. I knew of the Sheen encounter in 1979 at St. Patrick's in October because there's that wonderful picture of the two of them embracing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that John Paul studied him mm. and uh, to learn his, his English. His yeah, his yeah. his inflections. We'll have and, to listen now with new a new set of ears. And we had the chance. We didn't go, but we had the chance to go see him when he was at Giant Stadium in in, in New Jersey. Yes. And our pastor, who knew the Bishop of Metuchen, had gone to school with him, got these mega passes for us. I mean, they were they would have been like right there. I know. I mean, it had parking and everything. It was it was. We a, had the babies, but I mean, the babies were sick. They had strep and... throat or something. We just couldn't leave them yeah. with a babysitter. Now your sister. I still have those tickets up in the attic, by the way. So they may still be good. I don't know. <laughs> We'll see. I still have but the whole Janet ticket. Went, right? My sister went. Yeah. It was pouring and rain. And it rained. Mm. Pouring rain. And many, many of when he that was 1995. Many of his uh, appearances here in the on the East Coast, New Jersey, New York, it rained. And he would always say, "Water is a sign of God's mercy." And he, mm. you know, it would just be pouring rain. But people, they packed the stadium. Oh, know. sure. Yeah. 
probably the most popular pope of all time. Yeah, maybe after Peter. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of yeah, contemporary, yeah. contemporary. Yeah, I can't think of anybody who's who's, uh, and that's why, sadly, even with Benedict, but Francis. You know, well, he's no John Paul. Nobody's John Paul. <laughs> You're not going to find another John Paul for another thousand years, probably, right. if we get that far. And to have that legacy of 26 years. Right, right. And he had uh, just an enormous influence on just a wide variety of people, ages. Catholics and non-Catholics. Mm, you know. And ages, too. Like, he, the youth mm-hmm. were just, uh, he was like the Pied Piper. Yeah, yeah. I'm really sorry. I never really had the chance to officially meet him, but... Uh, I think I did in the confessional and in my dream. He came <laughs> to me in my dream. That's okay. It was sad, though, because was, I was at my house in Somerset where I grew up. You know, my house there where, yeah. where I lived with my parents. And I was in the garage, and it was raining outside. And I was in the garage, and I was looking out, and he was in the rain. It was raining on him, and he was getting very wet. And just with his head down, like he was sad. And I yelled out, Holy Father. And he turned around and smiled at me. Oh, wow. And I thought, ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. And maybe right. you needed that touch, but I don't know what else maybe was going on at yeah. that Then he heard my confession point. a few years later, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a number of years later, in the confessional at the shrine. Which, by the way, they have a lot of his artifacts there at the Shrine of Shinstohova. They have a lot of like, his shoes and some of his vestments. There's a whole John Paul. In the visitor center, right? The I room? believe so, yeah. 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 In fact, when you first drive in, there's a beautiful statue of John Paul. Oh, I know. With his arms just arms welcoming. Wide, yeah. So yeah. if you haven't been to the National Shrine of Our Lady of Shinstohova, it's in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. I would check it out because mm-hmm. it's a beautiful— And it's—everything's open. I mean, you can go to the website and get specific times. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that kind of museum room there dedicated to uh, J. Paul II is maybe certain hours. They have a huge gift shop and bookshop. They have the lower church where um, the Black Madonna— it, like a copy of the original painting, mm-hmm. and the whole it's chapel a, actually is just like An the exact chapel. replica of the chapel in Chester uh, right. And, and yeah. that, that's where they have daily mass downstairs. And confessions. Mm-hmm. And as I said, they have the whole John Paul, they have his vestments, exhibit. shoes, yeah, exhibit there. Right. It's got a, a text, I don't, know, I don't know who you are, my friend, but it says, uh, yes, John Paul II met Padre Pio, and he predicted to be, someday he would be Pope. And then they said we were singing at the Meadowlands for him in the rain, too. It was a tail end of a, of a hurricane. Oh, wow. So thank you, friend, whoever texted us. Oh, how that powerful. That's right. There was an opportunity to be in a huge choir. Oh, there was? I remember that now. Hmm. And again, with the children so small. Our babies like, were little, yeah. Yeah. We couldn't do that. Yeah. But uh, great times. So today, 42, 42 years ago today, hmm. be not afraid, he said. Okay, well, let's take a break, and then we're going to come back with our good friend, Deacon Anthony Seo, my friend. So you stay where you are. There is more to come on Friday Live.
city's gate to bow and to bend we shan't be ashamed to turn turn will be our delight till by turning turning we come around to God that we offer a simple gift of praise. When through humility is gained to bow and to bend we shan't be ashamed Welcome back, friends, on this uh, dreary Friday afternoon. Uh, we are happy you are here, though, staying warm and dry with us. And uh, we'll want to welcome now a wonderful friend who uh, joins us each month with his senior spirituality segment from the Diocese of Camden, Deacon Anthony Seo. Deacon, welcome back. Thank you so much, Jim and Cheryl. I'm happy to be with you and I'm happy to be with our listeners today. Wonderful. Always wonderful to hear your words of wisdom. Oh my gosh, you're putting the pressure on me now. No, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's always great and and well loved by all of our listeners, no matter what the age. I, I think most of what you share can be applied across the board. Well, you know what? I, I think that when we talk about things of a spiritual nature, mm-hmm. I think that's true. I think they really can be applied across yeah. the board. So I'm glad to be able to do that. I, I want to jump into something if I can. I hope yes. it's okay with you guys. Sure. Um I was working. I was writing a reflection this week, and I was writing it on um, Luke's gospel, the cleansing of the ten lepers. Mm. And, and, and we all know that story. The ten lepers, you know, get come to Jesus, and, and you know, and they, they ask, you know, "Have mercy on us, you cure us." And he cures the ten lepers, but only one comes back to say, "Thank you." Yes. 
it, it always surprises me when I hear that. But then at the same time, I realize that thank you and the response to it has become a pet peeve for me. So mm-hmm. let me tell you what I mean. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this recently. Prior to the pandemic, you know, you go out, you've got a lot, you're in restaurants and whatever else. And, and I guess I kind of forgot about this during the pandemic while we were out. Now I'm going out a little bit again. And a server will, you know, well, I'll ask the server or something, I'll bring it over, and I'll say thank you. And the response you get mostly anymore isn't you're welcome. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed this. The response you get is either no problem or certainly mm-hmm. or of course. And I always scratch my head because when I say thank you when a person says no problem, in my mind, I say, well, wait a second. I didn't, I didn't think it was a problem. <laughs> In the first place, so, man. <laughs> you know, so I guess maybe I asked wrong. Or they'll say, like, certainly. I'll say, well, again, I asked you for something. Certainly, that means make you think that I didn't think you were going to do that. Mm. So I'm not sure when all of that changed. So I guess it's turning into a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> and as I, was, as I was writing that reflection, it reminded me, of a story. I heard this many years ago, and, and again, I'm sure the listeners heard this before, too, and, and it's really about the thank you. Now, sometimes we forget to thank God for what has been given to us, no matter how small it might be. So here's a story. Picture this, if you would. Um, it's a story about a person who was trapped in a large shopping center parking lot. They, they, they forgot to buy a present for someone, and they're running out the last minute, and they're circling around and around the mall looking for a parking space right in front of the store they need to go to. I think maybe it was Macy's. And they're, they're circling. They can't get a good spot, and they're in a the hurry. It, 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 eventually, the person becomes so frustrated by their lack of success, they begin to pray. And, and the person's driving and says, God, God, I know I'm not an especially religious person. I know I'm not a particularly good person. But if you'll give me a parking space near the entrance of Macy's, I'll go to church regularly. And I'll try to be a better human being. No sooner those words came out of his lips, no sooner than he said those words, a spot empties right in front of the store, the perfect spot, the best spot, no more than 20 feet from the entrance. Immediately, as he starts to pull into the spot, he looks up and he says, never mind, God, I just found the spot. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, boy. I didn't expect that. <laughs> ah, you know? Sometimes oh. we forget to thank God, right. and God gives us so much, and it's so easy to maybe just think, you know, when we need something, we're very, very quick to ask God, but mm. when our prayers have been answered, we sometimes really do forget to thank God, just like that, you know, those nine lepers did. You know, those, those nine lepers just continued on with their life and didn't recognize the encounter that they had with our Lord and how beautiful that encounter was and what it did for them. So when I look at those types of things, I recognize that it's critical for us to thank, to be thankful for everything. Um, I want to share another story with you, if I can. This, sure. is, this isn't a funny one, but it really points out for me how thankful some people are, even in the worst situations. And this is a story from when I was doing hospital chaplain. And, and this is a true story. Um, at the hospital I was in, a mom went into early labor, and she gave birth to her baby prematurely. Baby was 22 weeks. And as you know, at 22 weeks, the, the survival rate okay, is, is, is pretty low. 
after the child is born, the doctor explains to parents, you know, what, what the, the risk or what the chances were, and that was okay with them. But here's what they did. Here was the request. The request, first request, was to have the baby baptized. So in this neonatal ICU room, full of monitors and equipment and beeping sounds and doctors and nurses and tubes, everything imaginable, this mom who had just given birth a few hours earlier said to the nurse, I want to hold my baby's hand. Mm. Now, because she was unable to get out of the wheelchair, the nurses pushed the button and lowered the incubator to a level that was even with the mom's lap. She placed her finger into the baby's tiny little hand, and the baby's fingers wrapped tightly around hers. I watched this. I watched this in utter amazement. And with her husband's arms wrapped tightly around his wife's shoulders, and with the baby's fingers wrapped tightly around the mom's index finger, we all prayed together. I was able to gently pour the water over the baby's head and back to mm. This was one of those beautiful moments. This mother was so appreciative for the grace of the sacrament flame. Um, she knew that the power of the sacrament was able to unlock the gates of heaven for her child. Mm. And she gave that child the best gift that she could possibly give, that gift of eternal life. Her encounter with our Lord was so great in her life that it was able to transform her and the people around her that day. Now, sadly, the baby did pass away later that evening. But their faith saved that child, gave eternal life. And they were thankful for what had been given to them, even in the short period of time. And their thankfulness became evident through their actions of having a child baptized. So, you know, I, I know we look sometimes, and I know, as I said, it's a pet peeve when people, you know, respond to thanks or don't thank you. But you can see where there is so much faith in the world from so many people, and they are so thankful for so many things. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it's one of the things that I, I'd like to try to have people keep in their hearts all the time. No matter what our problems are, no matter what our difficulties are, um, you know, whether, whether it's because we're aging or whether it's just because we have other troubles even longer in life, we have been given the most amazing gift by our Lord. And our Lord loves us so much that he's given everything, his only son even, that we could have life and have life to its fullest. In the midst of whatever else is swirling around us, we need to be able to sit back and take our time and you know, maybe at the end of the day, say, thank you, Lord. Um, and I, I can't imagine our Lord saying, no problem, when we say that. <laughs> right. I can't imagine That's right. our Lord saying, of course. I can imagine our Lord saying, you're welcome. That's right. Okay? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which, which I hope we would want to hear. And so I, I, I guess my message is about, again, how, how important it is to be thankful. I, um, I, I read something the other day. Um, there was a priest who had been speaking to Mother Teresa. I'm not sure if you saw, if you're, you, you saw this short video, but uh, he asked Mother Teresa, what should he do to keep his faith strong? And she said, every morning when you wake up, say, 
good morning, Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Very yeah. And, I, and I think the point was that it sets your day. Yeah. Okay? It, it kind of kind of locks in for you what the most important thing is about whatever will happen. Okay? Right. That our Lord is part of your life. Everything you do is for our Lord. So, you know, we had that message of, in the morning, say, good morning, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, say, good night, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Thank you right. for all that you've given me today. Right. And, you know, as you, say, as, you, as, you, as you say that, Deacon, I think uh, myself, you know, we say that in the morning, we say that in the evening, and we never know when that's going to be the last good morning or good evening we say in this world. You know, we just don't know. We don't know. And the next good morning, Jesus could be a good morning in eternity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and you know what? I like that image, Jim, that you just mentioned, because, you know, I I, I know that um, it's always difficult to think, you know, about that. Um, But to be able to think that, um, that, that when we do say that next good morning, it, it really will be face to face with Jesus and saying good morning uh, in His presence. That's mm. just that's just an amazing thought. Yeah, isn't and it? I think He's going to reserve. You mark my words and think of this when the day shall come. He's saving mm-hmm. just for you, Deacon Anthony. No problem. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be that'll be the. the <laughs> remember that. That'll be that'll be the Jersey Jesus. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. At least I get a chuckle out of it. That's yes, right. that's right. At first, maybe my eyebrows and my lip will feel <laughs> like, what? I <laughs> <laughs> remember. Right, right. Oh, but we do. We thank him for another day. Our feet hit the floor coming out of bed. Thank you, Jesus, for another day. And um, I always pray that he's with me to lead me and guide me. Holy Spirit. Let me do something to make someone else's day brighter and maybe make someone else aware that there is even a God, you know. That's how true. I think maybe one of the questions I want to ask is, Lord, tell me, why did those nine other lepers never come back? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Help, me, help me understand this. Help me understand right. this. That's right. right. That's right. Well, you know, too, as you were, you were talking as you began your segment, Deacon, I was thinking of, you know, especially when it comes to wearing masks, which uh, you know, has put just a whole new spin on, on the way we communicate with each other. And I mm-hmm. think to myself, I was, we were somewhere yesterday and, and someone was walking by and, you know, you pass somebody and you, you, you give them a smile, but they don't see that anymore. Right. You know, they don't know we're smiling at them. And, and that, that is the silent communication of, of just, you know, basically, you know, just letting someone know that we're, you know, we're, we're expressing a, a greeting in a sense. Yeah, you know. polite acknowledgement, whether you know them or not. It's just, you know, you're passing someone you want to be polite. But, you know, with with the mask, and it, actually the story was somebody said hello to us. How have you been? And we said, I'm sorry, we don't know who you are with the mask on. I mean, it was just the raw truth. We were at a restaurant yesterday when we stopped and people are waving. And they're, they're saying, hey, Jim and Cheryl. I said, I, I have no idea who you are with that mask on. <laughs> but we got a chuckle out of it. You know, you know, it's interesting. I, I, whenever I give talks, one of the things I always talk about is how, you know, Pope Francis tells us that we need to be, you know, joy-filled mm-hmm. uh, followers of Christ. You know, we, we, we can't walk around with a with a scowl on our face and a frown. You know, no, right. you know I'm a Christian, and we look like, you know, who, yeah. who wants to, who wants to be that if that's, that's who right. you are? You know, we need to be people of peace and joy and happiness, and our faith needs to show it. Yeah. And I think what masks on today, I think that. If we're a joy-filled person, our eyes 
can help show the joy. Mm-hmm. If we're happy and we really are looking at a person with love, I really do think it can show through our eyes. So even though it's more difficult with those masks on, if we can just keep that smile underneath that mask, it will show through in our eyes. And people will be able to recognize and identify that, hey, this person really is this person really is smiling at me. That's and right. not making some kind of a frown underneath that mask. Maybe we'll become more attuned to more of, of the person, him or herself, you know, through Body they language, say they, through yeah. the eyes, there is enormous expression you can tell if you just look someone in the eye and communicate mm-hmm. with them that way. So this may be a way for, the, you know, the Lord always brings about a greater good through all this. And, of course, uh, in this situation where the, the masks are required, et cetera, we might be able to uh, hone our, our, our communication skills a little bit more finer by communicating by looking someone in the eye and, and hopefully continue that because many times we don't do that. We look away from people when we're talking with them. We can't look them in the eye. Now you but have we to. have to look mm-hmm. them in the eye now. So, uh, I think we should all get masks that are printed with the words, you may not see it, but I'm smiling. I'm smiling, <laughs> yes. Yes, very smart. That's right. <laughs> and, then we'll, and then we'll say to ourselves, why is that person staring at me? It's because they're trying to read that whole sentence. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, at least we can we can laugh about it, and hopefully in a you know short while from now we can look back and say, well, thank God that's all over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's and, true. That's and true. And I'm the eternal optimist. So, you know, I mean, every morning when I wake up, I say, is it done yet? <laughs> right. Is it right? I'm hoping it is. I, I don't know. But I tell you what, uh, Deacon. You have certainly uh, all every month enhanced uh, our program by coming on with your your wonderful wisdom and, and insight, and we thank you for all that uh, you do for us in these segments because it's beautiful. Yes, we thank you. Well, and I'm going to say you're welcome. Very, not, very no good. No, not, no problem. No problem. <laughs> oh, no problem. I'm, I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you for the opportunity as always. God, God bless, bless you. you. And friends, you, stay, you. friends, you stay where you are. We're going to get back with more. Don't go away. When I was in college, I ended up having a lot of questions about my faith, and I ended up leaving the church. After a series of personal tragedies, I really felt a need to come home to a church, and that's when I came back to the Catholic Church. I never realized before that we get, at every Mass, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Psalms, and the Gospel. I never realized before it's all biblically based. The Catholic Church is based on the Bible. This is the church that Christ started, and we practice all the sacraments as He gave them to us, and I think that's important. I um, love getting up and going to church. I love going to Mass. I feel like I get to go to Mass, not like I have to go to Mass. The joy, I have joy in my spirit, I have a lightness in my spirit that I haven't had before. I love the Catholic Church with all my heart, and I can't imagine my life without it. My life is totally different now. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. The Gospels did not start the Church. The Church started the Gospels. The Church did not come out of the Gospels. It was the Gospels that came out of the Church. The Church preceded the New Testament, not the New Testament, the Church. Men did not believe in the resurrection because the gospel said there was a resurrection. The gospel writers wrote down the story of the crucifixion, for example, and the resurrection because they believed it. Now in like manner, the church did not come to believe in the virgin birth because the gospels tell us there is a virgin birth. It was because the living word of God in his mystical body, the church already believed it and they set it down in the gospels. Listen to Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen every Sunday morning at 7.30, right here where you are family. 
Domestic Church Catholic Radio. What have you done for your marriage today? Today, I used the towel that was already damp after my shower so that he would have the dry one. I called my wife on the phone and I told her, Sue, I love you, and I meant it. I went from the lobby of my hotel back to our hotel room five times to pick up the video camera. I took time out at lunch to make sure that we had an opportunity to, to spend time together. Then to go back and pick up the battery. What have I done for my marriage today? Today? What did we do? It's what did you do? What did I do? I shopped. Then to go back and pick up our handbag. What have I done for my marriage today? I flirted with my husband like when we first got married. I made the bed for my wife because she usually does. And I even put the pillows in the right place. Then to go back and look for something she'd forgotten that wasn't in the room either. And I did it with a smile. What have you done for your marriage today? Try something new to make yours great. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. All right. Well, that was Diane from Middletown who said that she was uh, singing in the choir there from uh, wow, fabulous. for John Paul II back in 1995, 25 years ago. Was I around this time? It was October. That's right. That's right. Thousands and thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was an effort by all the area diocese and archdiocese, New York, all of New Jersey. Oh, sure. Regional. Right? Yeah. Because he went down to Baltimore. I think maybe Washington, but I know definitely Baltimore. Maybe a not Washington. A huge effort. Yeah. 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 Well, much like when Pope Francis came to Philadelphia, we had a choir of 500. I mean, I'm sure it was the same thing. Right, 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 right. Exciting. Yeah, well, that's a long time ago. Indeed. Long, long time ago. Uh, well, we're almost out of time, but uh, we want to thank our guests for joining us today. Uh, Patrick Novikoski, and the book again is called 100 Ways, John Paul II Changed the World, published by our Sunday Visitor. Uh, of course, Deacon Anthony Seo with his Senior Spirituality uh, segment. Also, Jim Hoffman, oh, so faithful every week. Isn't he great? To take time out of his busy schedule to give us the weather. Um, and, of course, congratulations to um, Gwen. Gwen, who won our name that Catholic. Now, you know, this program airs. Again, in case you missed any or all of it, uh, well, if you missed all of it, you wouldn't be listening now, would you? <laughs> <laughs> so you're not reaching the right focus group here. <laughs> anyway, it repeats tonight at 10 o'clock, Friday nights at 10, and also repeats noon on Saturday, so you can uh, take a listen. Uh, you know, I know we have a lot of John Paul II fans out there, so mm-hmm. you don't want to so hear. So if you missed that segment, tune in again. It was right, right at the start of the program. With Patrick Novikoski. Uh, to talk about the good Saint John Paul II and... Uh, of course, we just heard Bishop Sheen, a little spot run by Bishop Sheen. And we had the we, we went down to his crypt when he was still at St. Patrick's. So he's moved now. I know. So he's now changed residences. To, yeah. he's, he's now in to, my cousin went there, though. My cousin Bill right. went there. That's right. He'll have to talk about it. And uh, maybe he'll come on and tell us about his experience. He sent us he a lot of pictures. Loads of pictures that talk about it, um, memorabilia, you know, from clothing to hats to prayer books to rosaries to everything. Was the, the museum and his... Home place, in Peoria, home church, right? Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. yeah, and we there too thought we'd like to have a little pilgrimage out to Sheen. It would be easy to do because you know you can fly right here from the Trenton uh, Airport to on, Chicago. on a jet, mm. fly to Chicago, and then it's about a two and a half hour drive south southwest of Chicago, I believe. Mm-hmm. So you get a bus. We were hoping that when he's beatified, we would do that because the beatification, when it happens, will take place in Peoria. Right. So that would be fun to go to. Yes. Yeah. That, nice maybe little, that'll be the next trip. Nice little jaunt. 
I guess we could do bus, but it would take two days. Oh, yeah, it's a long ride. Long ride, a thousand miles. Yeah. yeah. And of course, people always ask about going back down to EWTN. They do. So yeah. there's something else we can think about. So soon, hopefully soon, we certainly can't do anything right now with the restrictions and lockdowns still in place and many areas, you know, that those states where you're not allowed to travel, or if you do, when you come home, you have to quarantine. So we have to wait for all that nonsense to be over. And it seems to change, too. The states you can go to and come Every back day is from without mm-hmm. uh, having to quarantine or... Yeah. People are getting very confused. Oh, sure. Yet, you know, you're hearing... And again, we're just I'm just stating what we've heard news-wise. And I think I heard something the night that said they did a study and 85% of the people who got the virus, said they wore masks regularly. Right, right. So I'm not making comment on whether or not the masks work, but that tells you something. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. You it can just, draw your own conclusions. Right, but. I don't know. I don't <sighs> know. All I know is, you know, you do what you're supposed to do. They ask you to wear the mask, wear the mask. Don't mm-hmm. complain, just wear it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do what they ask you and see what happens. Right. Socially distancing or whatever else is required. So hopefully It's been soon. a long haul. I think we're all pretty tired of it, regardless of whether, you know, what you're, we're all just pretty tired. I mean, I can remember the dates, you know, the, those dates. We were mid-Alenton mission, and it was St. Patrick's Day. And the, we were going to end our mission with a big mass on St. Joseph's Day. And we didn't make never it to happened. the 19th. No. And yet you and I flew to EWTN. I think we flew on March 11th. Yes. We came home March 11th. We right. were down doing the Jim and Joy show. Mm-hmm. I think we were, and we went out maybe on the ninth. It was a quick little. Two yeah, or three it was a two days. day Sunday to Tuesday. But we, I right. remember flying was ninth was a Sunday. We flew down there, did our thing at EWTN for a couple of days, came back up on the eleventh. And you know, you walk through the airport and you can stop at a kiosk and get a little coffee or some gum or a magazine. They were selling the, those blue masks. Right. Were all over in between the Hershey bars and the Wrigley Spearmint gum. And the plane was packed. Yes. We were on the plane and we were packed. And you both didn't ways. have to wear the masks. Didn't have to yet, wear the mask. No, you didn't really see anybody so, masked. Anyway. Anyway. We'll pray it away and uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. Enjoy, enjoy the weekend because Jimson yeah. is going to be a beautiful fall weekend. So get out there and enjoy it. Go buy a pumpkin or something. Rake leaves and have a big bonfire. Yeah, burn your leaves. <laughs> and uh, Bruce is here at 3 o'clock on Monday for yes. Come to the Throne. I'll be back on Tuesday, God willing. I'll be here with Bruce as well. So enjoy it. Thanks for being with us today. God bless you. Bye-bye now.